Coming in hot, 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 Lisa shares her financial tips and strategies to build wealth, have fun with finances, and be debt-free without having a restrictive budget. From bankrupt to millionaire, Lisa knows what it's like to feel as if you're living paycheck to paycheck. Her unconventional money multiplier system is the very wealth protocol that enabled her to retire two and a half years early, pay down $100,000 of debt in six months, and move to her dream home at the beach. Hey, hey, welcome to this episode of I Date Money. I'm your hostess, Lisa Drennan, Wealth Activator, and today we have an amazing guest. Today's conversation is all going to be about fitness and finance and how these two parallel. So joining me today is financial coach Kelsey or Kelsa Dickey. She has been... Um, with per- she's been doing personal finance for a long time and and fitness is her hobby but when it came to personal finance Kelsa was more educated than most people yet she still struggled to make sense of it all she realized she was experiencing the same stress anxiety and worries about money that she had witnessed her mom go through then she decided to apply her training and skills in powerlifting and fitness to her money and it all clicked. I love that, Kelsa. Thank you so much for being here, for sharing this space and your energy and your story with us. I, I like how you, how it clicked. What made it click for you? Yeah. I So when I was growing up, I had two very different pictures with money. I had my mom who struggled and lived paycheck to paycheck, filed bankruptcy when I was in middle school, uh, you know, those types of things. And then I, my dad, they were, they were divorced, but my dad made a very good income, was doing really well, but spent a lot of it on very lavish things. And I would say neither of them were very happy, if I'm being honest, right? But two very different financial pictures. And they both, you know, my mom wished she had more money, for example, right? But then I saw what somebody who had a lot of money and wasn't necessarily happiness either, you know, didn't equate to happiness. So um, I went to school, I got a degree in finance, got my master's in accounting, thought that I wanted to like study money. Like I really wanted to understand So what was it about money? How could you get good with money and like that kind of thing? And then quickly realize that, you know, with money, it's what you're taught is very logical, but that that is just one small piece of personal finance that, you know, the way we think, the way we feel matters way more than the actual numbers in a spreadsheet. And the reason I think that made sense to me when it came to adding in my fitness or sort of my fitness journey into it is I realized that I, I was always very athletic. I always played different sports and it was like one season I do this and the next season I do that. But it wasn't until I found powerlifting that I felt like I found my thing. It was like, this is my thing. And I love doing it. Doing it is easy. I don't have to convince myself to like get to the gym or train or do whatever, because it just feels like it's part of who I am. And I realized what if there wasn't a right sport for everybody? You know, there isn't a right sport for everybody. What if there wasn't just one right way that you had to manage your money or make financial decisions? What if you had to find your way? And if I could find my way and then also help other people find their way, just like I sort of found my sport of choice, the thing that is best for me. And some people want to go run 20 miles on a Sunday, right? That sounds absolutely oh, <laughs> to me. No, thank you. That's my husband. He loves that kind of stuff. Um, but I want to do powerlifting. If like, if each person could find their way, mm-hmm. then, and then that's when I started thinking like, in order to find powerlifting, 
I had to try a bunch of different things. I had to experiment a little bit and sort of acknowledge what did I like about the sport? What didn't I like about it? And then always keep learning and growing through that journey until I found it. What if I applied that same philosophy, that same framework to getting really good with my money? That It's not that this is wrong for everybody. It's that it's wrong for some people, but it might be right for me. And the same is true. Like this might be perfect for other people, but this way isn't what's right for me kind of thing. Yeah. Absolutely. And it, it's so important. In my program, um, Wealth Acceleration, we create customized wealth activation roadmaps, you know, based on the client's core values, how they feel and think about money. Our thoughts are the most powerful tool we have for anything mm-hmm. that we do. But when we can, when we know the purpose for the purchases that we're making, why are we investing in all of these things? We can really exercise that muscle that tells us, hey, listen, this is for you. This makes you excited. You get that uh, dopamine. What is it called? A I'm not going to be able dopamine. to say <laughs> dopamine. Thank you. <laughs> the dopamine hit and it's all like, yes, I found it. And I totally agree about the working out too, because I have done so many things and I live in a community where there's a lot of triathletes and they're always jogging by me and they're like, Hey, Lisa, how's it going? And I'm like, Oh, how are you jogging? And they're like, you could work up, you could do it too. And like, no, I've tried. I don't like jogging, but I'll walk for hours. I'll go to yeah. the and, and do free weights and, you know, and do circuits and things like that. And that's my jam. Like I'm very committed three times a week, full body workout. Absolutely love it. And sometimes I look and I'm like, oh, I'm not getting the progress. I'm, I, I need to do more. And I, I need, you know, I beat myself up. And, you know, this is where I'd like to parallel with the money and the working out. Like when you set a goal to release weight or to tone your arms or to, you know, hit, I know there's a lot of bodybuilders that mm-hmm compete for, you know, their competitions and it's hard work. And I don't like to say the word hard with work because a lot of people feel like, you know, oh, you have to work hard to make money. And that's not necessarily true. So in your personal experience with comparing the powerlifting to the money, what did you have to apply using that principle of I'm going to powerlift, I'm going to build my muscles, I'm going to do the same application with money. So how did that happen for you? And what did you, oh, there, there's so you? many, let me see if I can narrow this down to just a couple. I, I would say the first one that I realized with powerlifting is that there's seasons to your training. You don't mm-hmm. train a hundred percent all year round. You have four months typically, and everyone's training schedule is a little different, but I'll have four months where I am extremely disciplined. I'm very dialed in. I'm following a very specific plan. And I like, don't venture off of that plan, right? Because it's at the end of that four months is probably a meet or a competition, right? Mm -hmm. So I have a very specific goal I am shooting for. And then I'll have eight months where I am in maintenance, where I am training, but I'm taking care of my body. I'm letting it recover. I'm resting. And I give my, I have more flexibility in what I eat and how I train. And like, I have more fun with my training. Typically I have a lot of fun in my four month peak training, but it's very focused. Right. And the same is true for your money. When you have a goal, sometimes that goal definitely requires a level of effort. And I wouldn't say it's hard either, because if it's, if you want that goal, if it's something you truly are choosing, it probably feels worth it. Right. So it's like it only feels like sacrifice if you're doing it out of obligation and not because you actually want the end result. Right. But as soon as you want the end result, it's like I'm doing this because I want what's at the end of it. Right. This all serves a purpose. The same is true for your money. There's times where it's like, you know what, we're just kind of on autopilot right now. We're doing the, We're funding our retirement. We're putting a little bit of money in savings. But you know what? We've got a little bit of cushion. 
we can, we've got some extra discretionary spending that we can do each month, that kind of thing. And then there's times where it's like, you know what, uh, this last summer we built a summer home. So we now spend the summers in Michigan. We're in Phoenix for most of the year. So we're, my husband and I are snowbirds at the age of 41, which is really exciting. Um, and so you can imagine the year leading up to the house being built. I mean, we were very much, very clearly focused on achieving that goal and saving mm -hmm. as much money as possible so that we could furnish this house with nice things and like really take care of it and build it the way we wanted to and that kind of thing. But that's not always right. Like that's when you're, you're you want to think about your money as like a training season, right? Mm -hmm. That you don't have to be a hundred percent on and going all of the time. Um, I don't think that that is necessarily sustainable for people, mm -hmm. right? Just like training and powerlifting a hundred percent of the time is not sustainable either. You'd get injured. Okay. Um, the other thing I would say is in my mind, they, they both start whenever you have a goal, whether it's a training goal, like I want to run a marathon or I want to save for a down payment in a house, or I want to pay off my debt. It doesn't really matter. I always think the very first thing that you need to gain is clarity. It's like, why do I want that? What exactly do I want? What don't I want with that goal? So it's like, I compete in a powerlifting meet. There's times where it's like, I'm shooting for a state record. And then there's times where it's like, I'm just going for my best that day. I'm going to really try and have my own PR or whatever the case may be, but it's not going to, you know, compete against the other people that are there with me competing. So it's like real clarity on what am I trying to accomplish? Why is that important to me? What isn't involved in that? Because I'm not, that way I'm not getting distracted by what everybody else is trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. um, and the same is true for your money. And it's like, where am I today and what do I, how much time do I need and how much work do I have to invest in order to get to that outcome? I feel like oftentimes we skip that step of like asking really good questions and gaining really good clarity, but that determines your training. If you ask me that determines, is it a four day training week or is it five days? Is it a four month or is the meet in three months, right? The same is true for our financial goals. When's the end date? How much money am I looking to save or, you know, pay off or that kind of thing? And then am I good with what that means as far as my effort is concerned? So maybe it's not, maybe, you know what? Nope. I'm going to go for the next meet because that one, I'm not going to be able to get what I want in the next, in the timeline for this first meet kind of thing. So I think for both fitness and finances, from the moment you sort of decide you want something create some space before you start taking action where you just sit with it. You just allow yourself to dream or visualize it or ask yourself the, the questions around, you know, anything that can help you form clarity around it. Yeah. And that's so important. You know, I like to say, what's your goal? And then let's reverse engineer it. And, you know, mm -hmm. having a goal for every single month and then being able to, to chunk it down. I have a client who wants to go to Europe for spring break with her boys. And I'm like, okay, well, what do you need to do? You know, what, how much is it going to cost? And let's plan it out and then reverse engineer it and creating a money bucket specifically. And so every week we date money and you sit down so cool. and you have that conversation, you're partnering with money, you're saying, okay, this is the big picture and celebrating your assets. And the same way that you would celebrate, you know, releasing 10 pounds or, you know, mm -hmm. building out your muscles or whatever that you're trying to achieve. And I know for some who do like the marathon runs, when they can run that mileage without feeling totally exhausted, that's a huge accomplishment, you know, and then getting back in the ring, but also recognizing when you need rest, you know, having that balance is so important. And I love how 
you know, you can, we can parallel that because it's the same with eating. So like when you're training, you know, your, your body physically from the outside, you're applying the exercises, the inside, you know, from the inside out, you still have to feed your body healthy. Mm -hmm. And when you think about spending money, a lot of people don't track their money and they just spend it on a whim or they'll charge it. What has been your experience with that? Yeah, I would say the same thing. So when I'm in my peak training, I am paying attention. I weigh all of my food. I eat certain amount of protein, carbs, and fat every single day. I am very, again, it's very disciplined because I know that it's the daily habits that create the outcome, right? Mm -hmm. And that is what supports the my ability to train in the gym. It's my, the nutrition, what I'm putting in is what contributes to my ability to gain muscle so that I can lift stronger and like those types of things. It's, it's all connected. And the same is true when it comes to money, that if you, if I'm not paying attention to the money today, then how do I know how close I am to where I want to be a month from now or six months from now and that kind of thing? And am I setting myself up for success or am I self-sabotaging by accident? You know, like, am I spending money that is then going to cost me later and that kind of thing? And again, there are times um, I, I have a, a spending account. So it's like every pay period money goes into it. And during that pay period, that's what we can spend. And I, I don't track necessarily like every dollar inside of that account, as long as it's being spent and, you know, I'm not running out of money. I'm good. Um, and then there's times where it's like, we have a very specific goal. And so I'm going to lower how much I'm putting in there for a little while. So I have more going to my goal. And so I am going to pay even closer attention for a little while, right? Like I'm really going to keep an eye on it. I'm going to maybe meal plan better or something like that. It's so funny because when I am in my peak training for usually four months, again, like I was saying, um, I actually, you know, habits, good habits, breed good habits, right? Mm -hmm. So I, when I'm in those four months, I am also the most dialed in with my spending because it's like, I'm eating a lot of the same things. You know, I'm not going out to eat or going out with, for, with girlfriends to go get drinks and like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's funny because my, so my expenses are actually dialed in as well. And also there's just a level of control that you, you have in one area of your life. And it sort of, flows through into other areas of your life. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love to set up separate accounts for my fun money, you know, so that I don't, I don't have to worry about it. But you're right. When you're disciplined, I went through, um, I was working with a functional doctor to release some weights. I went through um, some changes in my body and I was just like, I can't get rid of this stubborn weight. What's going mm -hmm. on? She, um, when we started tracking the food and like, you know, weighing out the protein and all that, I saw a significant difference and it was easy, but we were, I was eating all fresh organic food mm. and my husband's like, oh, our grocery bill is going to be outrageous. And I'm like, no, it's not because I'm, I'm eating this precise food. I know exactly what I'm buying at the grocery store. I'm not going in hungry and adding all these chips and cookies and mm -hmm. things like that, that, you know, like, you know, or foods that we would normally buy, you know, especially ice cream is one of our downfalls. <laughs> oh, mine too. Oh my gosh. Yes. Of, mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and not only did it save a lot of money, but food didn't get wasted. And I always like, um, I, I don't know if I did on a podcast once I may have done it in my, my Facebook group, but I literally had a video of me throwing, um, food out the window and, you know, mirroring it with money because we literally mm. go to the grocery store 
they let the you know fresh fruits and vegetables rot they end up in the garbage and then we end up especially i used to do this all the time go to the grocery go grocery shopping and then go, go through the drive through on your way home from the grocery <laughs> store because you're like i'm so hungry but i have to put all the groceries yeah. away and then i have to cook I'm going to be starving by then. So I might as well get some fast food or get, you know, something to eat on the way home. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it used to drive my husband crazy. He's like, you just went grocery shopping. Why did you have to go out, get something out to eat? And I'm like, I'm not, I'm too exhausted. I'm not cooking after going grocery shopping and then putting all these food away. Mm -hmm. So it is funny how it does when you're disciplined, you're staying focused. It helps you save money. Yeah. And when you think about it as plates, like, you know, when, you know, a lot of fitness experts will say, you know, if you want to, you know, reduce your calories, get a smaller plate. Mm -hmm. And when we think about our money, if we use smaller plates and we have allocations, I love using percentages. Everything's always accounted for. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. you cover your four walls, you know, in your personal expenses, plus your wants. And then in your business, you can cover your operating expenses, your taxes, you know, exactly, you know, just by an, Oh, palm of your hand, you open up your app and everything is right there. This is exactly, I know exactly how much I need to spend because it's right there. Whereas a lot of people tend to pool their money together and then like, oh, I have all this money in my checking account. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. And we're pretty impulsive and we do buy everything on emotion. Right. What is your best strategy for that? For um, not spending on emotion? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think a bucket system of some sort, any sort of allocation, right? So it sort of removes even the the pondering in the mind. So sometimes it's like, as soon as you start debating with your mind, you've lost, right? So, yeah. and I do think that's one of the reasons why, like during my peak training, you know, I'm eating a lot of the same things. There's a, a very clear plan in place. I don't even question whether I'm eating it or not. I am eating it. You know what I mean? Like it, there's no debate. There's not even a question to discuss in my mind. And so I do think that anytime you can create that with your money to the better. So it's like having a plan, I do think is really important. And that plan doesn't have to be necessarily where every dollar I don't think necessarily is tracked, but like sort of the buckets, right? Like percentages, I think usually works really well um, where it's like, okay. And then once that it's gone, it's gone. So like I've, I've enjoyed my money. I spent this much on travel this year. So it's not, I can't say that I didn't travel. I did. I actually traveled to the level that I wanted to fund my travel this year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that um, I would say too, being aware of your emotions is really important. And I think sometimes we skip the awareness piece and we want to go into managing, but I think you can't manage until you have awareness. So typically what I will tell my clients is we're not even going to talk about changes you're making or steps you're going to take or anything first. Really first, I just want you to pay attention. I just want you to notice how you feel and what emotion are you feeling when you make an impulsive decision? Are you, is it a good feeling and you're trying to amplify that through the decision that you're making to spend? Is it a yucky feeling and you're trying to eliminate it through the spending decision? Because typically, you know, what I notice is you're either trying to you spend impulsively because you feel an emotion, right? Just like you said, right? We spend because of our feelings. And it's that emotion that we spend because we are either trying to magnify or amplify it or eliminate it. So like, just pay attention to what that is. And like, a lot of times what clients tell me is they're overwhelmed and they're so busy that spending makes them feel like they're checking boxes, like they're getting something done. Like, oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed. I have so much to do. 
And, but you know what? My daughter needs pajamas. And so I'm going to go on Amazon right now and I'm going to buy some pajamas and it's going to feel like I accomplished something. I got something done on my list. See what I mean? So they're trying to eliminate the feeling of overwhelm. See what I mean? Then there's times where you're just bored and you're trying to eliminate the feeling of boredom. So you're Mm -hmm. shopping online or scrolling Instagram and like all that kind of stuff, you know? So I think at first I just try to, mine is boredom. If I'm bored, like, and I've got my phone in my hand, which I try not to do, then it's, I'm just scrolling and shopping. You know what I mean? And for me, it's like workout leggings and websites and that kind of thing, (laughs) you know, Uh, you know, fitness equipment. Uh, But it's like, I don't need any more of that stuff. So it's like, what Mm -hmm. I'm doing is I'm trying to replace boredom with shopping, Mm -hmm. right? So um, pay attention to sort of the feeling that you have that might be triggering the impulse. And are you trying to amplify it or are you trying to eliminate it? Yeah, that's beautiful advice because that's so true. And a lot of times, like, you know, I have a lot of clients that have debt and they keep using their credit cards and they'll take all of their income, all of their gross revenue, you know, and use it to pay down their debt. And then they Mm. borrow more money to pay their necessary expenses. It's like, stop the cycle. And what is driving you to do that? Like, what, what is the reasoning and the thought process and how are you accomplishing your goals when you make that decision? You're not, you're just going back into that cycle, that roller coaster cycle. And it's almost like, you know, you, it's the same way as taking care of your body and eating healthy. Like, you know, you say you want to release 15 pounds, but then you sit in front of the TV and have popcorn and M&Ms or, you know, Oreo cookies or whatever, while you're watching a movie, it's like you're self-sabotaging. I actually have a really good uh, fitness analogy for this because Mm -hmm. so there is this concept in fitness called progressive overload. And it is this idea that you should add two to five pounds per week to whatever the exercise is. So if it's a back squat and if you're doing, I'm going to make up some numbers here, like 200 pounds, you shouldn't go next week and do 250. It should be 205 and then 210 Mm -hmm. and like that kind of thing. And the reason for that is because if you go from 200 to 250, even if you are able to do that squat that one time, it's not something you can probably do consistently. It's not true progress. It is fake progress, right? Mm -hmm. But what it does is it gives you a little boost to your ego. It's sort of like that immediate gratification of like, look what I just did, right? The same is true when people take money and try to pay a whole bunch towards their debt in one time. And then a week later, they're like, well, crap, now I have a bill due or I need groceries and I don't have enough for that. So that money ends up going back on a credit card. What they're doing, it's false progress that they're creating. It's a false right. sense of like progress or hope or security or whatever. Like I got this when it's be much better. If you've got $500 extra in your checking account right now, take 50 and put it to your credit card and have the rest go towards whatever you've got coming up in the next week. It'll, it won't be the 500 that maybe you want to do, but it's true progress. It's not, you know, two steps forward, two steps back sort of thing, where then you end up putting money on your credit card. Um, And really progressive overload applies to money too. And the idea Mm -hmm. is it's skill building more than anything, right? It's like not the financial result necessarily that we're after. It's building the muscle and the skill in order to achieve that consistently. And if you were to go, just as an example, you know, again, powerlifting is my thing. So I'll just kind of use that as my example, but from a 200 pound back squat to a 250, it's not just that your legs need to do it. Your core needs to be strong enough. Your central nervous system has to be ready for it. You have to be mentally prepared for it. Your 
foot feet have to be ready. Like there's so much that has to form and get stronger in order to do that. Mm-hmm. It, you're building all of these skills when you go from 205 to 210 to 215 to 220. And when you are getting better with money and you're achieving these goals with money, what is happening behind the scenes is all of that skill building, the really good decision making, you know, the stronger um, decisiveness and less impulsivity and, you know, more control. And I think the word control, just like hard, it has a bad connotation to it with money. I think control has a bad connotation with money too. Um, but the the slower, the progress is what's important, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the skill building and the decisive decision-making that is ultimately most important when it comes to getting better with money. Yes, absolutely. And having a plan in place, like to pay off debt. I always tell my clients, take 20% of your income, you know, and create that snowball effect. And I do love every dollar to have a job because I always say, and when, if you think of money as a person, how are you treating it? And money wants to work for you. It, you shouldn't mm-hmm. be working for it. And it's it's comes with ease and it's energy. And we can create that reciprocal energy of giving and receiving when we have a purpose in, um, and a plan in place. And we know the outcome, like what's the end result? What's the purpose of having all of this money? And like just being a good steward, you know, and one of the, my favorite scriptures is the parable of the three talents. And we talk about the steward that just tripled, used his gifts and talents to triple his money. And he was rewarded and made, I like to say he was made like the, the C, CEO of the company and was got, you know, it was just given more and more. And when we can do that, that's what happens when we tap into what skill set we have, what talents do we have, what mm-hmm. do we love and how are we doing it? That's why there's no one size fits all workout plan. And there's no one size fits all, you know, budgeting plan for, um, people because it's different. And you do, like you said earlier, you need to find out what works for you because, you know, sitting down and creating a budget and saying no Starbucks might not work for you. I know it doesn't Mm -hmm. work for a lot of my clients, but if you give yourself that leeway, like, you know, I have a a 10%, my money multiplier system creates 10% fund money. And when I first work with my clients, there's like, there's no way I'm spending 10% on myself. And it's like, okay, they'll do it with their kids, their husband, you know, but Mm -hmm. they won't invest in themselves. So I give them a $20 challenge. And I always say, take $20, buy it on you, spend it on you, whatever you want and notice, recognize, how are you feeling when you make this purchase? And I remember one of my clients who's an accountant did this and she decided that she was going to go, she was doing like um, an arts and crafts fair in North Carolina. And she saw this beautiful, um, handmade bag that she wanted. And it was like, you know, I don't know, $15 or whatever. And she's like, Oh, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to buy this, but then she's like, Oh, wait, I, I have a $20 challenge. Oh. But, and she said it was the best purchase she ever made because it just oh. made her special. And she's like, wow, I treated myself and it really felt good. It felt like I I'm deserving. I'm worthy. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and when we can understand and recognize that all of the money that we have isn't four bills. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Bills. And when we can get out of that cycle of just, you know, that debt cycle, just like the, the, you know, the weight gain cycle, once we can break that pattern and understand the why that's when we get to move forward and really become the person that we desire to be in our, in our wealth in our health and in our relationships. So tell yeah. us a little bit about what you do. I know you're a personal finance coach. You work with individuals. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. The name of my business is fiscal fitness. Go figure. So I definitely (laughs) did it because I, you know, have always had a love for both finances and fitness. And like I said, I think just the way they work, 
go hand in hand. I don't do any personal training, fitness coaching or nutrition coaching or anything like that. That is purely a hobby of mine. Um, I love to geek out and talk about it, but I'm not going to like, I don't have that as a service or an offering or anything like that. My, my focus really is on personal finance. That's really my, my passion, my work in that. Um, I consider myself very creative financially. I consider myself sort of a financial artist. I can look at anyone's situation and sort of see solutions, no matter you know how complicated it seems or if it's a big cobweb that needs untangled and that kind of thing. Um, I do help individuals and small business owners, but really small, small business owners. So typically just a couple of employees or contractors or that kind of thing. So a lot of you know solo entrepreneurs um, and all very passion focused. A lot of my clients um, my, my program is called cash flow control, and I really just help you wrangle all of the moving parts and see it clearly so that you can, you know, use it as a tool to live your best life. I always say that any pick, any goal you have in life, it doesn't matter if it has something to do with parenting or a house or a vacation, um, your career, fitness, health, lose weight. It does not matter what it is. Chances are managing your money well makes it so that that goal is easier and faster to achieve because money is just a tool that we can use to live our best life. And so if you can hire a personal trainer, if you're trying to lose weight, or if it's just being able to pay for a book that gives you the knowledge and the tools to, you know, grow in that area of your life, money can really help us sort of achieve our goals faster. Um, and that's really why I care about money. That's, that's really the, the reason is so that people can live their life in a more fulfilling way. Um, but I offer a cash flow control program. It's on my website. You can check that out at fiscalfitnessphx.com um, or follow me on Instagram, Money Coach Kelsa. I share a lot of fitness. You know, I my workouts are on there, my meets are on there. So if you like the fitness sort of approach, um, I share pictures of our vacations and kids, and also financial advice as well. Oh, beautiful! Well, thank you for sharing that. What's the best financial tip that you can share with the audience that has helped you get to the next level? I think that unfortunately, emotion is often removed from the conversation around money. It's seen as a very transactional thing. And I think the most important thing for me and a lot of my clients, and I think, you know, in just the conversations you and I have had, Lisa, I think you can attest to this, but your buy-in and your excitement matters a lot when it comes to the financial strategy that is right for you. The numbers on a spreadsheet only looks so good if you can actually, you know, execute that plan. So if you are bought into a plan, it doesn't matter how good they look on a spreadsheet. Your trajectory is so much better if you are excited about the path that you're on. So oftentimes it's like, we might choose a plan that doesn't look as good financially on a spreadsheet, but because a person's excited about it, it actually looks better a year from now or six months from now anyway. And so, because they're, you're more likely to stick to it you're more likely to come up with creative solutions when something tries to distract you or steer you off your plan. Um, and so even though there's a lot of talk around money that's very transactional and numbers and analytical focused, keep checking in with how you feel. What would get you excited? Where does your buy-in come from? Buy-in is a much more beautiful and motivating driver than obligation any day of the week. I love that. Thank you so much. Um, and those of you listening, uh, be sure that you connect with Kelsa. Check out um, the links in the show notes and check out what she's doing. Follow her on Instagram. She's got some great financial tip. And if you're into fitness, 
you can check that out too and see what she's doing there. And uh, for those of you listening, you know, anyone who would love to hear this episode, please share it. Give us a five-star review. And remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make. It's what you do with it. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for tuning into the show. Give us a five-star review and share it with your friends. Get ready to activate wealth. Be the next millionaire with a simple adjustment of your finances using an energetically aligned money multiplier system. You get to build wealth by partnering with money. It's time to have fun with finances. Pick a date. The link is in the show notes to book your wealth activation call where you will get the one solution to multiply your money. Remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make. It's what you do with it.